Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in. Oh, my God. It literally took an act of God for me to get here. There's been so much holding me back from starting this podcast, but I'm happy to finally be here with you today. So thank you so much for tuning in to the Soul Food Podcast. My name is Adrian. You can also call me Ada. I don't know what kind of alias I'm going to adopt for this podcast here, but I just had to get it out of me (laughs) for the first go round. Things will continue to evolve, but essentially this is a space that I want to create where for 20 to 30 minutes a week, I'm discussing taboo topics with guests that are both here with me and that call in and are calling in from around the country. And these topics particularly that we're going to be talking about are mental health, sexuality, relationships, religion, politics, and all of these things that we may spend time thinking about and talking about in our close circles, but there isn't necessarily as much public discourse about yet needs to be. And For today's episode, you know, I've been wondering where I should start for really quite honestly a couple of years now, and there really is no perfect place to start but just to do something, (laughs) and I think I finally realized that. So where I want to start today is mental health, and this is particularly spurred by the news, the recent news about Demi Lovato. being taken to the hospital to treat her heroin addiction and also relatively recently we saw Michelle Williams of Destiny's Child check herself into a mental health facility and in the very recent history we also saw well-known individuals like Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain take their own lives And I don't highlight these individuals because they're more important than any of the other individuals that have lost their life recently due to mental illness, but rather highlighting these individuals because I think so often there's this notion that there are certain people who have lives that are so good that there's nothing that should make them want to take their lives or should make them want to turn to things that could end their lives. And just this assumption that once you attain certain things like, let's say, good looks or fame and fortune or notoriety in another capacity, that the pain of being a human being goes away. And I want to start this podcast by saying that my perspective, you know, I grew up in the church, my parents were very religious and spiritual, and religious not in a way where it ever felt forced upon me, but rather was presented like a gift and also a requirement, you know, like you're going to church every Sunday, but it was also framed as if this is the key to life. And you know, I've struggled throughout my life sort of finding my peace with where I stand with the way that I was raised in the, in a very Christian household and, you know, 
in a very religious doctrine and also a spiritual household as well, but finding my peace about where I fall on that spectrum. But this podcast is not going to be talking about that. So what I'll say for the context of this conversation that I think is relevant is that I very much have a perspective and a belief in a higher power that I call God. And, you know, I think that a relationship with this higher power for me in what that looks like, you know, recognizing and tapping into the God inside of myself and that relationship and understanding what my purpose is on earth is really, you know, sort of my North Star or what keeps me going. And I think, you know, without that type of anchor whatever it is I'm not saying that it has to be the same thing for everyone but I do just feel like without that type of anchor it's so easy so easy to fall at the hands of any one of you know the vices that is available to us but I want to stick to try to stick to three main points that I want to express today because we're going to have a long relationship with one another. This is only the first episode. And as I mentioned, I just had to get it out of my spirit, man. And I'll explain more to you as we go on. But, you know, this is just the first conversation. And so I'm excited to have more. So I just want to stick to three points today. And the first is how akin mental and physical health are what often comes to mind for me is this if we got wind of the fact that someone we loved was diagnosed with cancer be it terminal or otherwise or another disease that we recognized as being harmful to the body and creating an unpleasant experience at no point in time, there are some exceptions I can I can point to, but let's stick to to a general point here. At no point in time do we say to that person, what did you do to bring this on? Or you're weak, or you have all these things going positively in your life. Why in the world would you want to get breast cancer? This is not the time for you to get breast cancer. Don't you have friends? Why would your friends let you get breast cancer? We don't say these things. And the reason why we don't say these things is because, or at least I believe, is because we have accepted that for the most part, now there are certain diet and lifestyle related illnesses where there's been, there, there's significant evidence to, to the point that these illnesses may lead to diseases that are otherwise preventable. But outside of these cases, right, if we ignore the fact, and we can't really ignore it because context is important, but if we ignore the fact that we live in a society where we're consuming so many processed goods from what we put inside of our body to what we put on our body, if we ignore that because we know that that might accelerate the rate of some diseases, we would never put those who have physical ailments on the line to say that this is your fault somehow. Yet, I see so often in discourse us doing that to people who suffer from any range of mental illnesses and diseases. There's nothing someone, so me, 
I'm definitely going through a period right now. And I believe in retrospect, learning more about mental health, I believe that I have at other periods in my life, suffering from situational depression and an anxiety that I believe has persisted for much longer. And, you know, never before in my life, I'm a very quote unquote, high achieving person. You know, I went to Stanford for undergrad. I went to the University of Pennsylvania, which is an Ivy League school for business school. And both of these schools are considered, you know, at the top of, if not the very top institutions in their respective segments. I've worked at some of the top companies in their respective segments. So one would look from the outside looking in and say that, what do you have to be depressed or anxious about? You know, those people would have no idea of all of the other things that I've had to deal with and have had to face that come behind that. And here's the thing. There have been people who've come before me and people who've come at, or who will come after me who've had to deal with the same things, you know. But just for me, the series of events that happened in my life really, really, really knocked me to a very, 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 very low place to the point where I both considered on a consistent basis taking my life, attempted to take my life, and all of these things that I never thought I would. And it frustrates me to no end, knowing my story, knowing what I go through, knowing the mental anguish and torment it frustrates me to no end to see people say such careless things like, and here's the thing, I don't want to bash anyone because people are only speaking from their point of view, from their frame of reference. So it does no good for me to bash, but I just wish people would pause and think if I, the person that I love the most in the world was suffering from this right now, how would I want people to talk about them? So saying things like, oh, this person, you must, oh, you you should get better friends. Like if you had better friends, you wouldn't be dealing with this. Or you should do this and you should do that. It's like, I'm sorry, I did not ask to feel trapped. I did not ask to feel powerless. I did not ask to at times feel hopeless. You know, I didn't ask for any of this. But then comes my second point, which is that we have to understand how much mental health is an individual journey in a series of choices. So, no, I didn't ask for anything that's happening in my life right now. I didn't ask for to have periods where my chemical imbalance literally makes, you know, my heart's beating and racing super fast. My head's pounding out of my head. I can't stop crying for hours on end. Like, none of that I asked for. But the choice is mine. And the choice is every other individual who's out there struggling with something. The choice is yours to make about whether or not you'll succumb to that thing. Because here's the the gag, right? I love that saying. The gag is that at some point in your life, if you live long enough, you will go through something traumatic, something that will bring you to your proverbial knees, right? And that something will impact everyone differently. But I guarantee you, everyone listening to this at some point in your life, if you haven't already, 
many of you have already. You will have to pull from the depths of your soul a strength that you didn't even know you possessed. And it doesn't matter how many friends you have who tell you they love you, who tell you they support you, who tell you they believe in you. No matter how many family members you know who love and look up to you. You know, no matter how many people you know would be devastated if you weren't around or if you weren't fully healthy or all of these things that those who are suffering are going through and people don't relate. I think the key is to understand that no matter what, at the end of the day, we have to make a choice to say, I love me enough to want to keep going. And here's the thing. The beautiful part is it. I don't want to say it's that easy. I really do not like when people um, trivialize very critical things like this. But what I mean is it's, it's as easy as saying I will make the choice to live to tomorrow. And tomorrow, whatever comes, I'm going to deal with that and keep pushing. You know, and it's important to understand that as a part of this individual journey, there are people who were on it, who've been on it, that don't belong on it anymore. People who've shown that no matter how they may be and show up to other people, they are detrimental to you. People who do not and who've shown you even at your lowest that they do not want you to win. Those people you have to let go. No matter how much they make you laugh, no matter how cool they may be, no matter what void they may feel for you that keeps them around in your life. Those people who even at your worst find some way to exacerbate your pain, don't have a place on this journey of your choices. So I'm still very much trying to figure it out. And this leads me to my third point about taking a proactive approach to treatment. (sighs) I can't imagine what the well-known individuals that I spoke about in the beginning who have publicly battled with or maybe silently battled with and publicly the result of that battle has been on display. I don't know what, you know, how their journey was, but if I were to pontificate, I could just say or I could guess that they felt like they were living literally. I alluded to this earlier, but to speak about it more specifically, felt like they were living in a cage, right, in that No matter how hard they tried to get out something, a tape of thoughts kept playing in their head to say, you're not worthy, you're worthless, no matter what you do, it's not enough. The people around you don't love you like they say they do. And look, let me show you a series of random events that have happened in your life that now look like they were intentional things to hurt you. And those voices can become so loud that it crowds out all otherwise rational thinking. And you become a prisoner to these thoughts that tell you, no matter what, no matter what you do, no matter who you become, no matter how much money you have, no matter you know, how many people idolize you, no matter how many people admire you, no matter how beautiful you are, no matter how smart you are, none of those things, none of the things that society tells you give you value, none of those things matter. These are the tapes that play. And so I can just imagine how to get away from that, you turn to all types of substances. I've had to fight with every fiber of my being not to drown my sorrow in drugs that will both take away the pain but also take away my life. It's taken everything in me and it's still a fight. 
So I can only imagine how hard it is for some of you out there listening. But I just want to tell you that all it, it starts with just realizing that it's going to require you to put in work. And first of all, I'm still in the thick of this. I'm still very much a work in progress. I think life is a series of constant evolution. So it's going to be a work in progress. But just deciding that you want to work. It may, shit, it may not it may mean you don't get to work till next week, but deciding that you want to work, you're willing to do what it takes to save your life, even if that means drinking less today than you did yesterday, if that means popping less pills, taking smoking less weed, snorting less coke, whatever it is for you, having less sex, telling less lies, being less manipulative, whatever it is for you that feels like it's taking away your sanity and peace of mind. Deciding that today I'm going to do less of that. And sometimes it also requires you detaching from things in this world. Like I've had to realize all the things that I thought previously in my life gave me value mean nothing. They mean something in terms of, yes, they may provide certain opportunities. They may open certain doors. But at the end of the day, the person I have to look at in the mirror is me. And I have to be satisfied with what I see. And so no job, no man, no set of friends, no set of vacations, no set of financial investments, like none of those things are going to fill the voids if I can't look at myself in the mirror and be comfortable and satisfied in the person that I see. So detaching from all the things that the world says are important, whether you have those things or you don't, just realizing that at the end of the day, they don't matter. We see how fragile life is. We see how every single day there's news. We're being bombarded of people dying, of people further perpetuating inequality. It's just nothing but darkness. And so sometimes it's necessary to completely detach and remove yourself from all of that. And like I mentioned before, it will mean that some people will no longer be in your life. And I have a hard time accepting that because I want to see the good in everybody. I have a very hard time letting people go. But I've had to start realizing that there are certain people who do things to continuously hurt me. And they don't care. And that only further contributes to my feelings of worthlessness. So learning to detach from those people and their feelings. Learning to detach from what the world has told me makes me important. And just instead focusing on you. And also realizing that. Again, a lot of the reason why you may be in the mental state that you're in has nothing to do with you. It could be perhaps traumas that were projected on you by other people, things that happened to you when you were young, choices you didn't make, parents that didn't want you, parents that didn't love each other and created a chaotic, toxic household, family members who raped you, siblings who stole from you, all of these things, business partners who stole from you friends who betrayed you, all of these things that contribute to trauma, recognizing that we, you know, I do believe that what you put in the universe comes back to you and all those things. But at, at some stage, we were innocent in ways and there were things that happened to us that we did not control. Traumas that happened to us that we do not control, but we have complete power and agency over what we do about that. So in summary, I just want to remind us to remember how important it is to magnify how critical mental health is. There's nothing to joke about when we're talking about someone having a heroin overdose. That pain, the same pain that someone 
who goes out and gets wasted blackout drunk every single weekend. The same pain they're trying to escape is the pain that the person who's been addicted to cocaine for 15 years is trying to overcome is the same pain that the person who's been addicted to heroin is trying to overcome is the same pain that the person who's been infecting people with STDs and creating babies in houses that they don't plan to to nourish you know creating life in places that they don't plan to water the same voice that all of these people are trying to feel it's the same we're so much more connected than we even realize. So I just encourage people to remember how serious it is. And, you know, I don't know how many people will listen to this, my first episode. Like I said, like this is a matter of life or death for me. This is a form of therapy for me. I feel like if I didn't get this out, I don't know what would happen to me. So for those people who care about me, just know that no, I'm not okay. I've endured a lot of things that even if they happened to someone over a lifetime would be traumatic. And you know, sometimes there's a sense of pride that comes with the struggle. And so it's like, oh, are you glorifying, you know, glorifying what you've been through and all that? No, it's about me having to accept that, okay, when all of these things happen to you, no matter how strong you are, no matter how positive you try to present yourself to be, there's trauma that's left in the wing of that and you have to deal with it you have to deal with people you care about so much literally telling you that your life has no value to them you know dealing with people who are supposed to love and protect you the most violating you in the most vile ways you know losing things that some people wait a whole lifetime to gain all of these things happening consecutively leaves a person very wounded so yes I'm in a daily fight for my life if you care about me some things you can do send me a card send me a thoughtful email or a text without my prompting I love candles that smell good I love natural skin products you know prayer works too um But yeah, it's hard. And I just encourage everyone to have more compassion and sympathy. Because let me tell you something. All it takes is one series of events for it to be you. I think about that all the time. Like, if it weren't for my safety net and the family that God birthed me into, I I know that I would be just a few steps away from being homeless. Or selling my body for money. Or doing all of the things that feel so foreign to me. So I just encourage us to see ourselves in one another, you know, to recognize the severity of the problem, to recognize that it is an individual journey. You're going to lose a lot of people along the way, and it is very hard, but it begins with you making a decision that you want to take control of your life, and then lastly, being proactive in doing that, because let me tell you, No one will do it for you. And even the people that start off supportive grow fatigue. (laughs) And they turn on you too. So, man, it's hard. It's spiritual warfare. Getting your mind, body, and soul right. I do believe that on the other side of all this pain for me is a breakthrough that I can't even begin to wrap my mind around. But right now, 
just feels like, hey, baby, keep pushing, <laughs> stay alive. And so I'll say the same to you all. Keep pushing, stay alive, be empathetic, be compassionate. If you're going to call yourself a friend, really be a friend or don't. But the in-between game, like life is too serious for that shit. At least if you're in my life. So thank you so much for tuning in to the Soul Food Podcast. This is episode one. We've discussed mental health. I encourage you all to continue to tune in. There will be branding coming, a social media page coming. But in the meantime, in between time, you can follow me on Instagram. My information is at Ada, A-D-A, Norell, N-O-R-E-L-L-E. So I appreciate you for tuning in. I hope you all have a beautiful evening, man. Life is hard, but just don't give up. Okay? Bye.